Hey, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. We hope the Ringer can provide you entertainment and companionship during this time. So as always, feel free to check out theringer.com, where we're still covering the latest in sports, pop culture, tech, and media. And the Ringer's YouTube channel can provide endless amounts of entertainment. You can find that at youtube.com slash theringer. Welcome to Tinfoil Tuesday, your Wednesday afternoon tradition. This is the Recapables Westworld on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your host, <clears throat> David Shoemaker. I'm joined, as always, by the one and only Danny Heifetz and our producer. <laughs> and our producer. Producer makes me sound like producer. You work for Ciroc. The, I like that. The, the, uh, the Frenchman behind all the audio at theringer.com. Uh, and uh, a birthday boy. Bobby Wagner, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, doing great. I, di- just, I didn't ask. I didn't ask Danny how he was doing. I just want to keep this between you and me for now. We don't need to know how he's doing. Does Bobby's kind have a mother or a father? Does we, he have a birthday? <laughs> we are here today to discuss all the theories uh, and uh, speculation spinning out of Westworld season three, episode three, the absence of field. It's tinfoil Tuesday, so put on your hats, uh, your tinfoil hats, and let's get crazy. Um, a lot of stuff happened, man. I'm just like, I'm exhausted from this episode in a good way. Uh, I had a theory the last time we talked that um, Charlotte, that, that the host inhabiting Charlotte Hale uh, is, in fact, also Dolores. You can go back to the last episode and hear me just spit hot fire. I'm actually, uh, do you want to, should I, do I need to re- rehash the entire thing? Do it. I mean, Spark I don't even know. You, you jump in if I if I miss cross something the because... astral plane. No, just just get just give it just give it again. You you cross basically, basically the idea is that there's no. I mean, we're we're sitting here theorizing who who this could possibly be. I've said over and over again before I even thought about this that it had to be someone of significance. It, it's the it would be the worst mystery ever if it turned out to be Angela. You know, um, there's a part of me, and the reason I got into this is because I started thinking that it was Bernard. And I thought, oh, here's the trick. This is the twist on the on the season. Bernard is not Bernard. Bernard is somebody else sent out to do Char- Dolores' bidding. That's why they put him out there. And Bernard himself is inside of uh, of Charlotte because, well, whatever. It would be an it would be a good twist. And the and I and I said before the reason why I got into this was when when Charlotte points at the at the host units, the control, whatever the the brain balls, and he says, "Why did you?" She says, "Why did you bring him? He tried to stop us." I thought it was so so. Like so telling that she didn't say, "Why did you bring Bernard?" She said, "Why did you bring him?" He tried to stop us, and so I'm thinking, "Oh my God, this is—it's the man in black who's in that one. Like it's somebody else." And then she puts it in the machine. I totally whiffed on that. She puts it on the machine, and it's—and it's Bernard. And I was like, "Okay, so it is Bernard." Uh, then this is back in time, and it doesn't really matter. But then who is Charlotte Hale? And then we, after episode three, it's who—who does—who does Dolores care about enough to spoon? Who does she care enough? I mean, the way that she she talks to her, she cares so much about her. Everything that Charlotte Hale says in the episode is basically what you say to yourself when you're looking in the mirror. Why is this happening to us? Why do you get to do this but not me? It's like she's talking as if they're mirror images of the same person. And that's when that's basically how I landed on Charlotte Hale is Dolores. It's just a either a child version of Dolores, a newly minted version of Dolores, or maybe there's some conceit where they separated Wyatt and Dolores and there's two aspects of the personality. I don't know that it matters, but I don't I'm not doubting my theory now. I think my the- I think I feel still pretty good about the theory. 
after spending a lot of time on Reddit since the episode aired, I can I say I want to slightly tweak my. But first of all, did I get my theory out there, Danny? You got the theory. Yeah, you got. Well, I mean, you should just get to the nuts and bolts. Who's in Charlotte? Who's in who's in Dolores? Well, Charlotte. Wait, Dolores is Dolores. Whether and or Charlotte not Charlotte is naive, Char- Do- naive Dolores, naive the, Dolores, or or sweet Dolores. sweet Dolores, or whatever. I do like the idea voiced by several people on Reddit, um, and I'm going to totally whiff on actually giving credit to the right person here. But uh, the, the, I like the idea that there's maybe a deeper creation narrative at play here, and that maybe it's specifically literally Dolores and maybe it's just like the first host child of Dolores. Does that make sense? Well, I think I that there's you, you get to tweak your theory. You get to do this once. No, no, no. You got to ride this that, take. No, no. I think that the theory, my theory is, is sound. I think that there's so much symbolism throughout <laughs> the, no, no. I mean, go back and watch the episode. There's 1 million different vid- images, you know, screen grabs you can take of them standing in, in mirror image of one another, them kind of yin and yanging next to each other in black and white of, the statue in the background of the two women, you know, like in mirror image. I mean, there's, this has got to be it. Um, I do sort of like this broader idea, this bigger idea of Dolores, of, of the creation becoming the creator. But I think we'll get there eventually. I don't think this is, I think, I don't think it has to be as literal as necessitating that whoever is inside Charlotte Hale is a new creation. Like, as in like, like the person inside Charlotte Hale's name is like, Phil, like that, 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 it doesn't have to be a wholly new thing. I think that, in fact, her creating herself is is that act. But anyway, moving on. Yeah, I was going to say, what's your tweak? What, what are you tweaking here? Well, I, I think, I think we're not both really, tweaking. It's, it's not. It's not a tweak. I think it's just that it's the it's the it's the I think just the realization that this isn't necessarily just a sci-fi plot line. Like I write that there's two of me. This isn't this isn't the prestige, right? But the, but it's the prestige is is this in reverse. But it yes. might, it's probably a little deeper. But I think it's I think it's more of a philosophical prestige, if that makes any sense. Anyway, moving on. We got a lot of responses to that. Is that safe to say? Yes. Thank you to everyone who emailed the recapables Westworld at gmail.com. Keep them coming. Uh fantastic stuff this week. It was yeah. thrilling to go through that inbox. Well, it's also really thrilling to have a conversation. And part of the you know, part of what you, you deal with with you know, sometimes with, with interacting with people online is that you're just talking at each other, talking past each other, but like it's nice that a lot of people seem to agree with this or disagree with it, and we're actually talking about a thing, you know. And we can, and and I love the emails because there's some substance to them, so we can really. I like, specifically like- want to shout out, yeah, the people who sent nice things in, agreeing with David, or the people who sent some wise things in. But I really want to shout out the people who sent in credit, like criticism that was backhandedly nice. <laughs> that was that was the rarest thing of all. I can't remember the last time people were like, "Hey." Shut up about how you say Rehoboam, but like they put a heart at the end. Uh, shout out to Megan, who sent us an email, and it's literally just said, Danny, stop saying Rehoboam wrong. Heart. Really appreciated that. No. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. No, no, she's, no, 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 no. She made a much more important point, which is give up on the Diddy Vodka thing. And oh, then yeah, heart. She did. Heart. Thank you to Megan. I, I appreciated the heart. The heart really completely changed the tone of the email. So, the, if you have anything you Reho- want to criticize the, on, just the, the, the Rehoboam heart. pronunciation. I think uh, hopefully we put that to bed. We did. Um, that was Grant. Grant. Yeah, Grant. Oops. Thanks. I tried okay. to spell it phonetically in the very at the very first episode. Didn't get a uh, didn't get very far. Listen, we're going to talk about Rehoboam in a bit. We're going to talk about Sirach and that whole thing. But first, let's just go. Let's let's just work through what people wrote us about the Charlotte Hale Dolores situation, both from both sides of it. Uh, wh- where do you want to start, Danny? I'll go through these emails. A bunch of people agreed with you. I'll spare you the awkwardness of reading people who are um, complimenting you. So 
Gabriella Musita94 wrote, while I was watching the episode, I couldn't help but notice how Charlotte's outfit complimented Dolores and in that Charlotte is dressed in all white and Dolores is in all black. The outfits just stuck to me and it reminded me of the scene in season one where it's revealed that the man in black was William and he puts on the dark cowboy hat and transitions to the man in black. I forgot about that specific moment where William puts on a black hat, but I actually thought that was, I mean, obviously black and white has been such a big part, but a lot of people pointed out to uh, that specific thing of the the, the turn. The mm-hmm. other, <laughs> the other moment that, when I well, wait, can, this can, we after- also, can we also say one thing about that? There, there's a there's a I mentioned this a second ago, but there's a picture that people keep passing around of Dolores and, and Charlotte walking towards an elevator together, I think, at the hotel and they're dressed in black and white and they, they look very much like the yin and yang thing. I think that's important even going back to the man in black. It's not necessarily a, a statement that the man in black is involved in in the Charlotte and Dolores goings on right yeah. now. But I think but I think I think the latter informs the former, which is to say that like it was easy based on our kind of societal understanding of like the Western tropes to think that the man in black meant that he was the villain. But in fact, it just meant that he was like a balancing half of the story. Exactly. I think a lot, a lot of people sent us emails asking if William was maybe in Charlotte. A lot of people were speculating that because William hasn't been in the show yet. I think the connection to William is much more thematic. And as you mentioned, it's like, it's more the yin and yang where Dolores is, you know, I prefer to see the beauty in this world and the natural splendor and why it sees the ugliness. Like there's a specific rant Dolores gives in the first episode of season two, where she literally says the farmers, the, the rancher's daughter likes to see the beauty in this world and why it likes to see the chaos. And she explains, but I'm something else. I'm not either of those characters. And now that it makes so much more sense that they split, like the first thing Dolores says to Charlotte is you're a creature of beauty and power. Beauty is Dolores. Power is Wyatt. I, it all lines up to me. The other scene from this from this ep- most recent episode that really stuck out to me after thinking about your theory, David, that Dolores is like in Charlotte and herself is that the last scene that Ciroc and Charlotte are together and she's wearing the glasses to see him, which I, I mean, I have questions on that front. Like, is it like how many pairs of those glasses do they have? Like, is I used it like to work mo- for a guy. I, I used to work for a guy who was like 70 and uh, he was very wealthy, but you know, didn't necessarily look like it to, I mean, you wouldn't know it to look at him, but he always, he always, um, he would, he would buy his like cigarettes in like, not cartons, but like the giant boxes that the cartons came in and smoke inside the office all the time. But he would also buy, uh, reading glasses because he could never keep track of them. He bought reading glasses in bulk from Chinatown. And, um, so in his office, there was always a giant, like, like, like a box you would move in and it just had like 800, uh, individually wrapped pairs of reading glasses of all different varieties and that that's sort of what i imagine they have going on there it's either that or when you go to the movie theater and you leave yes. your three glasses on the way out the door like in the big receptacle yeah that's that's probably what's going on. that's what i was wanting like that's where i wish they had sense of humor i wish charlotte had to like drop the glasses off in some bin that's what i need from this show but yeah. anyway completely derailed Ciroc and charlotte are having that conversation and Ciroc tells her that i already know where the the key is he wants the key to the data and he says it's in the mind of a host named Dolores Abernathy and Charlotte's like, sadly, you're more informed than I am. And that scene, it makes that line makes so much more sense. If Charlotte is Dolores, because then it's in her head. She's the key, which that alone is also flipping a line that William told her back in season one. And she responds, I'm not a key, but, uh, just, there are so many little Easter eggs that make a lot of sense. If it's Mm -hmm. that. So congrats, man. How's it feel to have unlocked the show? Well, here's the thing. I feel like, I said this before, if I, if you had guessed, if I had guessed 
correctly what the show was about last season this early on i might have been right about whatever i was guessing but i would have been wrong about like the depth of what i was getting of, exactly. of where that of how you know of how significant that guess was um you know there's no reason why any why, why whatever that this idea can't won't be there's no reason to think this won't be like exposed next episode and then we're just exactly. moving on to a bigger theory there is a bigger theory um that we can talk yeah. about in just before a bit but is there, muscle, before we get there in the back I think that there is, and we can we can make an addendum to your tweak of your theory. Uh, do you want to talk? Well, before we get there, let's do. Um, let's. Why don't, why don't you? Why don't you read this email from Scott? So Scott, Scott emailed us where he enjoyed the theory, but he wanted to expand on it, and he said, "We brought up you brought up an interesting point about being able to split your conscience to be able to put it into multiple bodies. Why do you think Dolores only stopped at two herself and Charlotte's bodies? What if she put herself into Caleb's body?" Maeve's body, every single person's body. What if Dolores is trying to destroy humanity, but mm -hmm. humanity is in fact just different manifestations of herself? So I don't have this wow. script in front. Yes, I, yes, I don't have the script in front of me. Uh, but there was, but but I, but if I recall correctly, the way that she had that in the the first scene of this episode of episode three, when she's talking to Charlotte, she sort of the way that she says there. Once we have control of Delos, we'll make sure that they can't make any more people, or there won't be any more like us. But th there's a separate time where she says. Um, where she says something about like you know like we won't I think she said to Bernard or something like they they, they won't create you know, we'll, there won't be any more created by them we'll have to create them ourselves or or, or, or you know whatever there, there's some ideas that there will be a next generation just not not um made in the way that they were made already and that's sort of what I was getting to earlier I like the idea of the created as creator as being I mean it is feasible that if not. It gets a, that's where it get, I think that's where my hesitation with my own theory comes from. It gets a little bit sticky when it's like 15 Dolores is running around. Well, that's, Although, that's the thing. I don't think it's so I, I, I Scott lost me toward the end there. I don't think it's all of humanity is Dolores. I don't think every single person. But I do think there's not reason to believe that she would stop with just Charlotte. I think that's a really great point. I think, first off, it's possible that she could be in Scottish Martin, too. I think that, that that's an interesting idea. But I also think it's important that from the title sequence, there, the title sequence is just loaded with with uh, imagery this year of reflections and and all the stuff that seems really relevant. And one of the things that I haven't been able to figure out is there's one of cells multiplying, whether it looks like a, an embryo or just it looks like I mean asexual reproduction, where one becomes two becomes, which would go go right in line with what Dolores said to Charlotte, which is we have no mother, no father. That's asexual yeah, that's reproduction. Yeah, yeah. So the idea that if she split herself, there would be two. So, so I guess on the one hand, like, our, just the way that we thought we know about, like, we thought we knew about what, what like, uh, you know, the tropes of the Western genre were. I mean, it, it does make sense in, from what we know about, like, science fiction storytelling that, like, there would be a race of, I mean, there would be a bunch of duplicates of the same robot, right? But one, I don't think that's what we're doing. I think they're going to subvert that idea, too. And two, I don't think that it's, that would be, I think that would make just a really ridiculous story. I mean, like the narrative itself would just sort of, it would, everything's out the window if you can have the same thing over and over again. Well, I, I, think, but I think that explains it, why they were, why, like, why did Dolores and Charlotte spoon like that in the bed? It's a weird thing to do, right? But it looks very maternal. Like, it looks like a mother child relationship. I, I agree. I guess my, well, all I'm saying is it does track that if she made another quote unquote child, whether it's herself or something else, that would, that would make sense as to why Scottish Martin was like so sensitive towards her. But I think that if we do get to a place, I mean, if it does turn out that she's making, she's creating hosts, it can't, it's not going to be a bunch of Dolores's, right? That, I think that's my hesitation. 
maybe she will recreate herself because she's creating a new generation. So there's one of her and a bunch of other things, but she's creating, she'd be creating by memory or maybe creating, you know, from, from whole cloth. And that if there, if we are talking about, if it, if in fact Scottish Martin and whoever else are not existing hosts, yes, I, I don't think they're all Dolores I think they'd be new children. Is that crazy? I don't know, but it kind of blows my mind. I guess it's just the, the fundamental point she made of she trusts herself. And like, that's why I really believe this at its core. She only trusts herself. So why bring anyone no, back but herself I, to get the job done? I, I think that's probably right. I think that's probably right. Uh, I think, I mean, and, and again, a lot of this, I think will be, we'll, we'll figure it out in the not too distant future. We'll see. We'll see. Um, all right, let's move on to another, for, to another uh, email. Josh emailed us saying, hey guys, had a thought oh, yeah, about tonight's- a good one. Had a thought about tonight's episode. In the first scene with Dolores and host Charlotte, all of the control units slash brain balls look similar, except for Bernard's, which has red spots on it. I went back to the season two finale scene when Charlotte was escaping on the boat, and all of the units in her bag are the same neutral color. Could it be possible that the five control units that Charlotte brought with her are completely blank, and the red spots on Bernard's unit indicate that data now exists on it? This got me thinking further. Where else in the show have we seen a spherical object with red spots on it? I'll give you a hint. It rhymes with Zehoboam. <laughs> How the can you lights... say that word when it starts with a Z but not with an R? It's such a good question. I think That's... it's like there's there's certain like patterns your mind just can't do. You know what I mean? It's like uh, it's like the Family Guy Cool Whip thing. It's like say cool, say whip, say cool whip, cool whip. You know? It's like I just mess up Rehoboam. I don't know. Good bit. <laughs> All right, I'm going to keep going with Josh's email. The red lights on Rehoboam clearly demonstrate the system's data activity. Could be, the, could this be the same for control units? There is a lot here, but I also want to shout out a few people sent us this. A couple other people also sent us this idea of the control units being like a mini version of Rehoboam. Sam sent that in, and then also W. Ruff pointing out that the control unit looks like a really tiny Rehoboam. Yeah, so... um I don't. I, I honestly don't think we should dwell on this to any great degree now because I think we're we're, we're inevitably going to be well, uh, you know, naive Dolores versions of ourselves if we look back in two weeks. Because, but but there is a lot of um, there is a lot of t- uh, timeline overlap and technology overlap, obviously, between Delos and and Insight, and I think that the, these pieces are just sort of starting to line up. Um, of course, in an episode, we're talking about mirrors and we're talking about mirror images. It, I, I, it cannot be an accident that those two things look so much alike. Although, again, in the grand scheme of <laughs> of sci-fi symbolism, I mean, I think the, you know, the, the concept of a sphere would be uh, a pretty like a pretty easy accidental overlap. Right. But I, I don't no, think I, it is. There's no and I, and once you, you can see also, it, you can't unsee it because it's life is just a matter of scale. It's true. And, and also the idea that. I mean, you could you could explain it away as that I'm saying you could explain it away as the red lights just mean or basically just like a narrative device to make you look at that host unit, you know, whatever. I mean, it's but but yes, I don't think there's any way that they're they're not connected, which is to say they are certainly connected. Um, and, you know, I mean, it's I just don't I, I don't even know. Like, I feel like we can get in. I think I feel like the fit like the, the philosophically there's a conversation we can have practically for the show 
like I said, it's going to make a lot more sense in two weeks. Or so uh, you want to punt weeks. this. Okay, so you're, I'm, well, I'm we, going to bury you in an no, avalanche no, no. of emails. In so much, in, no, no, I think this is a great email. I, like, I wish I had written this email. I think that this email sort of reaches its own logical conclusion, though, because with <laughs> it has as much information as we know right now. And okay, so how about next week people um, bombard our email with theories about Rehoboam and brain yes. balls? Okay, yeah, address them all to David, who wanted to punt this. Does Josh get the the low res JPEG image of the title belt? Back? No, no, we didn't. No, we do get. We there is some more good stuff in there. But yes, he does. He does get the low res JPEG image of the title belt this week because uh, that is. I think that's the conversation we want to have for next week. But speaking of low res, Josh actually has some stuff that's a little bit more uh, uh, tactile, a little a little bit easier to address. Do you want to go into that stuff, Danny? Oh, I love this line from Josh's email. He says, Ho Charlotte seems much less confident and savvy than Dolores. Could she be the lower res JPEG copy of the original TIFF version of Dolores? Yes. I mean, that's, I think that's sort of what I, what my initial idea was getting at. Yeah. I mean, Hold I behind think the curtain here, David, you are, you're an art guy. You're all about yeah. resolutions. What do you think mm-hmm. of this? You're an expert. Double. Well, I, spent a, I spent a lot of time today with low res uh, JPEGs of, of Joe Bluth's head. Uh, so, uh, and, and, and trying to make them look okay. Yeah. It's a, uh, yeah. The, the low res thing is just that, I mean, the idea just that she's, that this is like a, like a very naive, we say naive, a very like faint, like a very base, basic baseline copy of herself. And that, uh, you know, hopefully it'll come into greater focus as she evolves into some semblance of humanity. I love this though. Cause we spend so much time being like, Oh, we need fidelity for James Delos and the oh, host yeah, minds aren't great, taking in reality. Great. It's like, it's a very relatable problem. It's so you have a high res thing, but you download it off the internet and then you do that a thousand times. And eventually it's a deep fried beam. Or it's just a low res thing that's stretched out to the size of a high res thing. And you're like, Oh, I found a high res picture of Joe Bluth and you download and you realize it's like super pixely. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> that's fantastic. Last one, Josh's email, just last one again. He also mentioned that there was a lot of motherhood on this episode, and I think that goes right to the heart of what we were just talking about mm-hmm. with uh, Dolores. So Dolores tells, Ho- this is from Josh's email, Dolores tells host Charlotte that they have no mother or father. We find out the first time that Charlotte is a mother. The Delos executive who tells Charlotte about the takeover is pregnant. Um, Caleb's mom, you know, reenters after the reveal that she had abandoned him. And then there was the theme song for the trailer, which was apparently sweet child of mine. I missed that actually. Yes, actually yeah, then, I saw this on Reddit too. And this kind of informed, this is, this made me like, like feel more confident about the thing I was saying before. Um, yes. Sweet child of mine was not an accident. Now, again, Dolores recreating herself could be her version of giving birth. This doesn't have to get to be too literal here. Um, but Yes, there's a lot of motherhood. There's a lot of motherhood, and there will continue to be because I think that's the bigger narrative of what's going on, regardless of like the technical details of it. Uh, while we're here, can I just say that uh, Welcome to the Jungle, far superior song to Sweet Child of Mine, but I feel like Sweet Child of Mine gets more pop cultural references. Well, yeah. I mean, it's more of a pop song, you know. It's, it's certainly more of, it's easily digestible, uh, but it is a Does that make me a better basic? Song. No, no, no. The other way, I'm saying Sweet Child of Mine is more of a pop song. Oh, okay. Um, uh, I mean, but, you know, can I admit I think, something? The, but the, I, you know, the secret about Guns N' Roses, <laughs> my hot take is that they're they're just they're the poppiest pop band that ever lived. They just scream and wail on guitars. Hyphen <laughs> so, is like, about to share that he's never heard either of these songs. Yeah, exactly. Didn't it never occurred to me that Sweet Child of Mine was Guns N' Roses song until just now when you asked that. What? That's just the most didn't, amazing didn't thing I've ever heard. <laughs> we failed. We failed when we created this new host. All right. Um. 
I think that you know, I think there's some details missing. I think I'm the lower res version of the of the host you wanted. You're not the TIFF file. You never no, were. I'm not the TIFF file. Oh my god. Anyway, let's move on. Okay, this is a this is a concrete observation. You know, a lot of the stuff we're talking about it's a little abstract. This mm-hmm. one is grounded from Michael Russell. I don't think the Westworld creators have spent much time in corporate offices. There's no way that Charlotte, as a top executive turned director of a multi-trillion dollar corporation, is on the hook for picking up her own child from school or any aspect of his care. Are we supposed to think that she just leaves work at, say, 2.30 p.m. and then heads home to make dinner or that she doesn't have schedulers keeping her on task throughout the day? Uh, I have to agree with this. I Andrew Gudadaro. Beloved yeah. cultural editor at The Ringer made the same point that the fact that Charlotte is the CEO of a massive company and does not have one assistant is possibly the biggest glaring well, okay. plot or, hole in the show. Is she actually the CEO? I believe she was promoted, or maybe it happens in a few months. It, it, it definitely had in the first episode of the season. They call it the, C- the interim CEO, didn't they? There was something in this episode. I mean, I it's know a she big repre- office. She represents the board, but I'm not sure. I don't know what her day to day is. I believe she got promoted when all the board that people died and now she's just the interim ceo regardless of what her title is that office is big enough to get an assistant because it's basically like an apartment yeah, that's true her office is like half the size of her apartment so when your office is that big you can have an assistant honestly she should have two it's mind-blowing that she has none like if she wants coffee or or one of those little tabs that whatever kind of weird acid they're doing to just feel better or go to sleep who gets her that nobody does she have to get it herself because that's crazy Okay, I'll just make one. I totally agree with this, but devil's advocate here. Okay, Charlotte, since she was promoted, has has always been a host, right? Regardless of who's in that body, she's always been on Dolores's payroll. Dolores doesn't want anybody around her. To, who it her day to day like like Charlotte needs the full ability to be like making phone calls to Dolores at any moment in time. You know, she like there's nothing that could, there's nothing that an assistant can do for her that would do anything but get in the way of the larger game plan. So if she was offered extra help, aside from Irene and you know the other people that are around her, she's probably just like, nah, I'm good. Know your role, uh, dude. No, Irene. What would this season even be if not for Irene? Irene no, is I'm Irene is the people around Waiters her, but, but she doesn't need Sino sitting in her office like awaiting her every. Th- I mean, she she wants she needs some she needs some alone time. She's she's hatching a plan in there. Well, the assistant doesn't have to be in the room, but it's like, damn, apparently she could use some scheduling help. Maybe that a lot of these problems are caused by she's not That's learning in- to delegate. I mean, just because those security guys, that security guy like dipped his head in at that one point because they had something very personal to tell her doesn't mean she doesn't have assistants that are sitting outside. You know, maybe she's just an open doors kind of CEO. Yeah, you know, anyway. the devils could you, well, look, I mean, all the, the glass, cons- all the glass from that, the Westworld headquarters, I think that the open door policy in there, like, you know, they, they could use some reversals on that. Well, stuff. okay, wait, sorry, I'm changing the subject. As long as, because as we're talking about Charlotte sitting in her office. We have to talk about the two worlds theory. And this is from oh Reddit God. user Lee Robbie. I sent this to you as soon as I saw it. This is such an amazing observation. Um, he basically points out, Lee, I'm assuming Lee's a guy. I could be wrong. Um, he basically points out that, he says, in season one, the big twist is there were two different time periods being shown interspersed throughout the season. The big twist this season is that the season is cutting between two worlds, the real world and the Rehoboam simulated world, a.k.a. the mirror world that Charlotte... I mean that, that Dolores talked about last episode. This is one as soon. That's all I need. I'm sold. That's all I need to hear. But here's the real beauty, the real like the amazing catch. Charlotte, host Charlotte, watches that video of herself leaving. A real Charlotte leaving a message for her son Nathan. Right. Uh, the recordings are actually different, and that's 
uh, I can't believe I missed this. Um, Danny, I, I can't promise to do anything on Twitter. Danny will post this Twitter, this Reddit thread on here just so everybody can read the whole thing, but on his Twitter account. So, but, uh, but basically there's one version that's just like shortened to the point. This is Charlotte Elizabeth Hale. This is a message for Nathan. Nathan Hale, my son. This is Charlotte Elizabeth Hale. This is a message for Nathan. Nathan Hale. My son. I love you so much, buddy. The night that I left, you, uh, you wanted me to sing you a song. I tuck you in to sing you our song. So I'm gonna sing it to you now. Okay? You are my sunshine. Um, and then the second one is way longer and more like mumbledy. I mean, it's more it more windy. This is Charlotte Elizabeth Hale. This is a message for Nathan. Nathan Hale. My son. I haven't always been there for you. the last time that mommy gets to talk to you i love you so much buddy i'm so proud of you i'm sorry i am so sorry if i ever made you feel like you weren't the most important thing i was trying to build a life for us It starts at the same place, gets to the same point, uh, but there's a lot more in between. The idea being, and I'll jump back to uh, to Lee Robbie's theory here. I think the first time we see Charlotte listen to the recording, it is Rehoboam simulation. The video is more generic and less emotional. Charlotte does not admit her faults and apologize to her son like in the second recording. Despite all, despite all its data, Rehoboam still has a somewhat surface-level understanding of people's decisions. Um, that and, and this is where it gets really good. That's why Sirach wanted Delos' data, through, though not perfect, Westworld has developed a better understanding of human choice and behavior. Rehoboam wants to improve the simulation. This is, so we can set aside that in part for a minute, but the, but the theory but the theory that there's the real world and the mirror world that we're seeing over and over again is amazing. That's the first thing you said to me when I pointed out to you, Danny, was what? That would explain certain basic things of why did it go from night to day when Dolores and Caleb were on, we, Caleb's getting thrown off the building. And then mm-hmm. they just cut and they're walking and it's daytime. And it's like, wh- why, why is it like that? And 
there's a lot of little moments like that mm-hmm. that are either continuity errors or just weird to explain that would make a lot more sense if no we're watching two different realities un- unfold yes and i said last in the last episode that there's some there's a there is a, a another reading of the caleb dolores relationship that i didn't even want to like break my brain thinking about but there's almost one where she i felt like there was one where she knew him before they met um or you know if you if you mess around with the timeline i think this sort of gets to that same point i mean or gets to that same that same unease that i had uh, when i was watching it that there is more than one even in the order that we're supposed to read things the time is not progressing linearly um because there are two competing time timelines it'll be interesting to see how if this is true at all how dolores and the other hosts presence is affected by this if they're in both simulations or you know if the simulation and the real world are just one it it does raise the question of where kind of how you would exit westworld and arrive in the simulation unless westworld is inside the simulation I don't know. Maybe we will circle back around to that. What do you think? Yeah. Well, that there's a lot. There's but there's just so many little things that once you kind of pick up. So just small example, but for example, in the title sequence, the, there's like a dandelion that gets blown, and it, they, all the things come off, and then they go in a circle, and then they go on a Rehoboam, and then they become arrows. Like they're very visibly in the intro, the seat, the lines in Rehoboam become arrows for a moment, and mm-hmm. then when Charlotte's talking to her son. The son's pillowcase and his sheets, the pattern on it is white with arrows and mm-hmm. it's the same thing. And I can't help but think that that's an indicator that this is the like that weird conversation we saw of not weird, but the awkward one of Charlotte talking to her son was in this was if there's two simulation, if there's two worlds and one's a simulation and one's the real world, that one was in the simulation. I can't help but think it. And there's just a, a few little moments like that that would just make a lot more sense if that's the case. And if, if that's if Charlotte is, let's say, for example, that Charlotte and Dolores are in a simulation, maybe or Charlotte, maybe they're in different worlds. It's complicated. But that might be why Ciroc was beamed in as a hologram is he's not even in that world at all. Yeah. Well, yes, we can talk more about Ciroc's state of being. I think that's still an open question. I do think that there's a the, wow, this is this this is really, really interesting to me. Even down to like when Dolores says to whatever she said to Charlotte at the at the the end of the opening scene this week, where she's like, "You better get back there, or they'll be missing you." Like, is she even is she just literally talking about the simulated world? Then it's also you there's know? also just base decisions. Like there was a into the episode see, uh, thing that they played on HBO after, and, and it's on HBO Go, where the art director is just explaining that they all the artistic choices are framed by there's no patterns. Like the clothing, the architecture is very basic. There's no designs. It's very flat. It's very boring. And that was an intentional decision, almost as if it's because a simulation would have trouble rendering patterns and the intricacy. And every mm-hmm. all the little decisions just about how the show literally looks all feel in, feed into that so well. The basicness of everything makes yeah. so much more sense if this is the case. Um, let, let's, let's keep trucking along here. Uh, what do we get? What, what's next on the agenda, Danny? Uh, well, while we're on Ciroc and Rehoboam, if we want to talk about, let's do it. So, shout out to Meg for I'll stop talking about the Ciroc vodka thing. So, RIP to that. Uh, <laughs> this was a question from Carly. Hey, got hey guys, writing in because I thought it was really interesting that you interpreted the scene between Ciroc and Charlotte as confirmation that he's a hologram always, unless I I was missing something. Totally possible. I simply read it as that's how he was communicating with her at that time. Yeah. Presumably he's a real person who was just somewhere else and for safety or security reasons did not physically go to where Charlotte was for their meeting. 
Was there a reason you read it that way that I'm missing? There's some reveals that I think we just take for granted and we shouldn't necessarily, or at least we should say that we're taking them for granted when we discuss them. I think this is one of those things where it's like, like in, that, in season one, it's like, there's going to be some hosts that you don't know are hosts, you know, or, <laughs> or some people that, you know, or, or uh, the man in black as well. Like the things that you figure out early on that just sort of intuitively are true, but it's still, you still kind of like, uh, you know, cling to them for the sake of enjoying the narrative. Um, I just think this is a given. I just think the fact that they, that, that again, that, uh, that Liam didn't actually say the name Sirach when he was describing who we presume Sirach to be. The fact that there's a lot of now like literary uh, uh, deconstruction into Sirach's name that you can find all over the internet as to why that might be a separate, you know, why it might be a, be meaningful. Um, I don't know. I just think there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways that it, he could just be, I mean, I just think that it's a coin flip, but it could be like, it's that he's either a complete, uh, avatar for Rehoboam. I mean, that's just like he is a thing that Rehoboam has created to communicate with people or that like the actual Sirach is dead or in a wheelchair somewhere or like whatever. Like, I think there's a lot of ways that it could be not a, that you're not seeing the real thing. Um, but maybe not. Maybe that's a hundred. Maybe he's just fully that. So on that note, this is <laughs> the other end of the spectrum. But what you were just saying, this is from Jennifer Lugo. Hey, guys, a few theories I thought of while listening are the following. Sirach is dead, and the one we see with Maeve is actually Rehoboam, who has achieved consciousness, and Sirach is who he chooses as his avatar. Yeah. I personally, I love that as, like, the idea that it's, like, Slack or Xbox. You just pick your avatar and you just pick, like, oh, yeah, Sirach looks cool. Uh, sorry. Back to Jennifer. Maybe Sirach is his avatar, maybe host since he was his creator. This is why he talks about creating the future free from humanity's chaos. Also, this is why no one has been able to find him. He wants to get rid of Dolores since she is the anomaly in his world. They're, in fact, a simulation. So yeah, Sirach no, I, is just the representation. We talked Do about you, this some in the last episode. But basically, yeah, I like the idea that, I mean, that he's, un, that he's not fine, that he's that it's impossible to track him down, that he's totally erased himself is implausible. He's a, that, that'd be like Steve Jobs not existing in the newspaper archives. Like, he, he's got to be out there somewhere. So, it, yeah, it does make sense that this Sirach is whatever, that he's like not actually a human. And I think, so the flip side of this is an email from Sean who said, uh, suggested that Sirach is the AI projection of Rehoboam, but what if he was a real person? What if he was the guy that helped develop Rehoboam with Liam Sr., who's Liam's father, and then Sirach died because Rehoboam told him he would. It, I'm not totally following him there. So then Sean's email continues, then just like in season one, Liam's father, like Ford, brings back his partner. Uh, like Sirach and Bernard, yeah. Bernard in digital host form. So in Westworld, like season one, you have Ford and Arnold create the park. Arnold dies, and then Ford kind of re and Dar Dolores together reanimate Arnold through Bernard. And that this hasn't happened in the show yet, so it's an important point. Liam's father, Dolores's boyfriend from episode one, co-created Insight and co-created Rehoboam. And there's actually on YouTube a commercial of him explaining the product. It's wild. But yeah, Liam so Sr. is like my theory, a developed my theory character. theory that Ciroc is actually Liam Sr. doesn't really pan out, but go ahead. So, yeah, but the idea that is, it, even though he hasn't been on the show, they were confident enough in this guy, like Liam's father, to, he's like a developed character in this commercial. He's like mm -hmm. pitching the product. So it's hard, it's, it's hard to imagine he's not going to be in the show going forward. He's going to have to be in the next five episodes. Or so he's the idea that there's I mean, a, that, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I, they, it could have just been nothing. It could have been there. They knew he wasn't going to be there. So whatever. You think but, they just we'll, cast that, that and could, filmed the commercial for a reason? I do like, on Mirror Week, we, gotta, we, we do have to give some, you know, we do have to uh, just at least point and stare at the idea that, that uh, 
Liam Sr. and his partner are a mirror image of Ford and Arnold. I mean, I think that that's, that's definitely a thing worth, you know, dipping our toes in, or at least keeping in mind. Um, I also think that, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like it's almost certainly, I just feel like, I just feel to my core that the co- that, that Liam Sr.'s partner is not Ciroc, that Ciroc is somehow a separate thing or, or a manifestation of something. I mean, listen, Rehoboam is a crazy name, right? For, for a computer you've had, you, it's taken you four weeks to figure out how to say it. Um, there was what, I mean, I guess, I guess the previous iteration, the reason why it's called that is the previous iteration of it was called Solomon, right? I yes. Mean, the, um, who, uh, by the way, famously told the, the, the two competing mothers of the child to chop the baby in half. Wasn't that, wasn't that Solomon? Oh, yes. Yes, it was. Okay. Sorry. That's just occurring to me in real time. I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm referencing that poorly. Um, but we're just going back to, I mean, I, I know this is, this is so silly, but like if, if Liam's senior's partner turns out to be named David, just because he was the, the, the Rome, I mean, the, the King before Rehoboam before Solomon, then I'm, I guess that'll just be perfect. Right. Well, um, so I, one thing that's worth noting in that commercial with Liam senior, the thing he's pitching is not Rehoboam. It's called Solomon. Right. So Solomon in, in, in the Bible, like King Solomon's son is, is Rehoboam. Right. So, so, so Rehoboam is, that's what I'm saying. Rehoboam is version two. Yes. Well, that's, so we, we got an email from Martin who kind of delves into this a little bit and basically argues that let's say there's a scenario that Sirach, kind of like James Delos is going to, is going to die, has some illness or something. So he wants to get uploaded into Solomon, the precursor to Rehoboam before he dies. So then Sirach, who's one of the people who created Solomon, is then in Solomon now. We know that, I mean, literally step out of Westworld, the world we're in right now, AI create other AI. Like Google has an AI mm-hmm. that has created a better version of AI than most people can create. Um, shout out to people who emailed us about that too. So if Sol- if there's a world where Sirach was in the digital version of Solomon and then Solomon created the next AI, so Solomon yeah. could have created Rehoboam. Exactly. So he's in that, which would be kind of like the same reproduction process that Dolores may have done with Charlotte. Uh, but I think that that's a really interesting point. I think that's a great idea. Some nuggets really quick. Uh, Charlotte's son is Nathan, which means his name is Nathan Hale. The, in real life, Nathan Hale was a revolutionary war hero or traitor, depending on your account. He was an American. He turned on the British and we got an email suggesting the, I mean, the same episode that it's Nathan Hale as Charlotte turned out to be a spy and Nathan Hale was a spy. So that's yeah. that's fun. The, the, yeah, I'm sure that's correct. I, I would probably take issue with the idea of Charlotte not using her maiden name if that turns out to be true. But let's go on. That's a good point. Uh, Caleb, on that note of Nathan Hale being a spy, Caleb was a, in the Bible was a spy for Moses when Moses oh, yeah. was trying to explore Canaan. Um, so how about that? A lot of good Caleb stuff. Rehoboam, the whole, there's, there's obviously so much biblical stuff. So what about Sirach? The name Sirach is a pinnacle or a ridge on the surface of a glacier. So, you know, there's tip of the iceberg and then there's Sirach. Mm-hmm. Nice. And then a really cool email from Derek. A, this is not the same spelling, but in the Bible, there's a, there is a, the section S-I-R-A-C-H. Oh, yeah, I like this a lot. And this is the this is a section from Sirach in the Bible. It was he who created humankind in the beginning, and he left them in the power of their own free choice. If you choose, you can keep the commandments, and to act faithfully is a matter of your own choice. He has placed before you fire and water, stretch out your hand for whichever you choose. Before each person are life and death, 
and whichever one chooses will be given. Yeah. Yay, Bible. Uh, that, that, that's, I really, really like that. All right, let's move on to... Um, fantastic. Let's, wait, what, can we jump into this, this email? Who's this from? About William? We got an email from Jim. Jim said, I'd like to make the case that the man in black, William, is inside Charlotte's body. I feel this was overlooked in your recent episode. I realize it will likely be invalidated by episode four, but hey, isn't it the fun of the show to speculate wildly? Oh, uh, yes. Yes. Hold on. I'm going to cut you off. By the way, this is incredibly fun. I've been trying to figure out who the man in black was and, you know, for the entire, for every episode of the show. I mean, you know, I mean, he went from the head or the voice inside or the, the personality inside that robot in the board meeting in episode one. And I was just saying, I thought he was the, the control unit in this past episode. I obviously he's going to play a role from the i mean we all saw the next week on westworld after this episode and and he's obviously playing a huge huge role um you know there's a lot even in that little trailer that you can play around with and we're going to know like he said we're going to know a lot more next week i mean it felt a lot like the way he'd torn it up the way he'd torn up the place looked like uh looked like James Delos's or, or host James Delos's apartment after he like went insane and set it on fire. I mean, there was there was a lot of different stuff. Which, by the way, I, we we didn't even talk about the fact that host James Delos scratched up his face. Remember when he kind of was like trying to yes. figure out his his humanity, which is sort of reminiscent of what the the Charlotte Hale host is doing in this episode. Very similar. Um, but uh, I don't even know what to say about William except that I can't quite. I have something I desperately want to get out that I can't quite put into words. Say it. No, no, no. I mean, I seriously can't quite put it into words. There's um this idea that like he is, I mean, is it possible that the whole show from the very beginning was about this and that William is somehow in Westworld trying to win a battle with Rehoboam or Solomon going way back when or something that like the deaths that, that haunt him, is it possible that they're only in one world or the only in the simulated world and he is rejecting in the same way that Caleb is rejecting his reality. William is rejecting that as his inevitability. Um, or how to say this, uh, is it that, or, or maybe there's a separate, I mean, maybe it's the reverse. Maybe Rehoboam sees William as a threat. And so he sort of sidelined him into Westworld and that's why he spends so much time in there trying to, you know, chase his tail. Um, and then there's sort of a, a separate question. It's like, is that why does, does, he loved Westworld. I know he says it's simple and everything outside is chaos and a previous thing, but maybe he's so attracted to Westworld because sort of like Caleb said, it's his one real thing. You know, it's like even that, like it's almost like the enemy of my enemy. It's like at least in a simulated world, like the thing that we invented to be, to be fake is the realest thing. Does that make sense? I don't know. There's something that's got, there's, there, there's something here with William that like, I think this is going to tie all the way back to like episode one if there is one thing well for on the william thing he does say it at some point in season two i don't remember if it's episode nine or ten but he says at one point point blank why he was doing this and he says to prove he had a choice to prove that yes exactly some algorithm couldn't tell him what to do yeah uh, so i do think on that note yeah he does actually have more in common with caleb than we would think and to your point i've been thinking about that a lot actually about how they, they do know the broad themes of these things from the beginning and the pilot of any show like this generally has a lot of Easter eggs. And the one, there's one moment from the pilot I keep thinking about, which is Dolores's father um, is glitching. He's the first host to glitch. And Anthony Hot Ford asks him, what is your itinerary? And he says, to meet my maker. And I think that that's fascinating considering everything we've been uh, talking about this, this 
episode in, in this whole season. That that's you know that's one of the first things they say. Okay, now we're going to close out today with a uh, very important new addition to the show called Reddit Out of Context. Bobby, our producer, is going to read the titles of some Westworld Reddit threads, and Danny Heifetz is going to try to defend them. Um, we'll see if we can let's see if we can do this quickly. Uh, Bobby, jump right in. Danny, Westworld is the prequel to The Matrix. Go. <laughs> I mean, obviously. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. It, it's, does, I feel like that doesn't even need defense. Like, Rahoboam <laughs> is The Matrix. Okay. All right, I, next I, one. It's, Charlotte is Dolores' horse. <laughs> I need more um, from you on this one. You know, I, I think that, yeah. I mean, she's using Charlotte to kind of ride into the big city. You know, it's like they're doing together. It's a journey between, you know, host and horse. It's a sacred bond i know like i know one, that one rider right it's we must have dis- we must have discussed this in a previous last season at some point but like you do get really you do quickly get into a lot of like really sticky like goofy versus pluto territory here like what kind like are the do the hosts who are does someone like dolores who is so pro host rights not consider a horse or a wolf a fully a full host i mean do we consider animals as hosts as humans or no, species? but we're like, not like maybe we should. Not, well, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the computer, I don't know what the, what the, what the code that goes into those things is. Maybe it's totally different. Maybe there's an answer, but like there is a very like, you know, you could presumably put wooden control unit into an animal, right? Like a human control unit into an animal, right? If anyway, we want to talk about moving consciousness on, Bobby, what's the, the next one? Oh man, uh, those first two came from Most Hamless and Zlawakin. By the way, this third one comes from uh, Mag. And I have question, to defend these. The question is. Could Charlotte be a tiger? Hi, let's go. Do I have to defend this? Yes. All right. Char- could Charlotte be a tiger? Um, okay. So, uh, you know, so the tiger washed up on the beach, right? There was the time that the tiger washed up on the lake in season two. And we know that the lake is like the edge of consciousness, right? That's the beach and Inception and, and Bernard's on the beach. So maybe Charlotte's been on the edge of consciousness this whole time. And that's the easiest way to leave the park. The actual explanation for this one is much better than what you came up with. I'm just going to read it real quick. Dolores calls Hale a, quote, creature of beauty and power. And yes. Hale says herself she has a, quote, predator inside. That's oh, cool. my gosh. What's the gas station that, that that has the tiger? Put a tiger in your engine? This could totally be it. <laughs> gas uh, companies have taken over the world. All right, let's do one more, and then we got to get out of here. One last one, Heifetz. Everyone is dead. Go. I mean, I think that's that's true. It's also true in real life. We're all dead. No one ever really dies. It's a paradox. All right. That's it for this week. Email us if you have emails, if you have questions, comments, theories, uh, if you have, if you just want to, you know, get to know Danny Heifetz better at threecapablewestworld at gmail.com. Um, we will be back here next Sunday after episode four, immediately after it's East Coast airing. Thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you guys are staying safe out there. We'll see you back here on Sunday. <clears throat> humanoids.